You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Intern, a doctor's initiation, and a new book. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Cohn, and joining me is Dr. Sandeep Johar. He is the director of the Heart Failure Program at the Long Island Jewish Medical Center in New York City. Dr. Johar is a physicist, cardiologist, a medical writer for the New York Times, and author of a new book, Intern, A Doctor's Initiation. We're going to be talking about that book today. Dr. Johar, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Before we talk about the book, let's talk a little bit about you and how you got here. I'm amazed to see that you had quite a significant academic background before you even thought about medicine. Could you give us a little thumbnail sketch about how you got into the medical business and what your business was before that? Sure. When I was growing up, my parents wanted me to become a doctor, but I really had other ideas. I grew up in an immigrant Indian family, and my parents, when they moved here in 1977, you know, went through a lot of financial hardships, and they saw you know, I think medicine as a career that not only provided some sort of tangible purpose, but also uh, financial security. So they really pushed my brother and me into going into medicine. My brother always sort of knew that he wanted to become a doctor, but I had other interests. So I ended up going to Berkeley and studied physics and ended up staying at Berkeley and went to graduate school. But sort of midway through graduate school, I went through a sort of difficult time. A person who was very close to me got very sick and I started examining the purpose of my career, and I was in you know, doing research on a very esoteric uh, object called a quantum dot, <laughs> and I realized that quantum dots really were not going to provide you know, help, really, to people like medicine could. So I started examining the idea of going to medical school and ended up going, after finishing my PhD, I went to Washington University in St. Louis and then eventually came to New York for my residency. How much of an influence was your brother in this transition time for you in in terms of your making that decision? He was very influential, although he probably didn't know it. When I was in graduate school, you know, coping with this illness as well as trying to figure out really my place and how exactly my career was going to unfold, I talked to my brother and he was actually ironically an intern at the time and uh, he was at the University of California, San Diego and was living close to the beach and just seemed to be having this wonderful time, (laughs) even though it was internship. And and I talked to him about my friend's illness, but also about, you know, sort of what he was doing. And he introduced me to several of his friends who were residents, and they all seemed to be fairly happy with what they were doing, which was sort of surprising. And that was just such a stark contrast with where I felt myself to be, which was sort of flailing around, not, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And so medicine just seemed like a very attractive field. Well, it looks to me, um, as I was reading your book, that although a lot of it is about the training a doctor goes through, that a lot of it is about you and how you progress in terms of your thinking about medicine, about life, about yourself. When you think back now, do you think back fondly of those intern days? Uh, Obviously, in your book, you wrote a lot of the good, the bad, and the ugly. How do you think about it now? I have ultimately pretty fond memories of internship. And it may be just that, you know, we filter out the bad and we we remember, you know, what's positive in various periods of our lives. But there was a lot of good that happened to me during my internship. I met my wife. I moved to New York, which was really something I'd wanted to do for a long time. But I think most importantly, it was a time of sort of naivete about medicine. It was really a time of firsts for me in 
so many ways, and you know, as it is for doctors in general during internship, you know, you experience your first on-call night, you manage your first case that ends up in a death, and you see things in a sort of new way. You know, you're no longer a medical student, but you haven't had enough time in the profession to sort of look at things that you know really become commonplace after a while. You know, one of the first patients I took care of as an intern was a man who told me that he suffered from aspiration pneumonia, and every time he'd eat, he'd swallow food into his lungs. So the team was getting ready to insert a feeding tube, but he said, you know, I would rather die than not taste food. I mean, that was sort of his great passion in life was food. And, you know, you see that case, and you start to ask, you know, well, why exactly are we doing what we're doing? And I think internship is really the perfect time it's the time that you you start questioning things because you're no longer a medical student, so you're no longer sort of hamstrung by the etiquette that you're taught in medical school about not questioning your superiors or the profession, but you're not jaded yet. So everything is really fresh, and I miss that in a lot of ways because as you move on in medicine, you do sort of buy into the culture a lot more, and things do become a little more secondhand. Sandy, do you see much of yourself in today's interns? You obviously interact with them and residents. Is much changed, or are they going through some of those same naivete moments that you just described? I can't tell you how many people have read the book and and told me that you you expressed the way I felt during my internship. Mm. I, I think that the popular culture would have people believe that doctors are type A personalities who don't experience self-doubt. But doctors, you know, as you well know, and and as I'm sure our listeners well know, are are just as human as anyone else and are just as human as any professional, lawyer, you know, stockbroker, anyone. They have good days and bad days. And, you know, I happen to have quite a few bad days during my internship. But, you know, when I speak to interns today, they very often confess some of the same doubts that I experienced. It's part of that growing phase when you enter a new profession. Everything is new. It's the same time you're miserable because you're so tired and you're dealing with all sorts of pressures, not just physical, but also mental and and in some cases moral, ethical pressures. And so it's very difficult. But when I do work with interns, I very often get that sort of feedback that Mm -hmm. things are, you know, things haven't changed all that much. Yeah, I remember in your book you wrote about an episode where you were accompanying your brother. I don't know if you were an intern yet, but you were impressed with his... I guess I would say callousness about sick patients. And you talked about how that wasn't the kind of doctor you were going to be. You weren't going to lose those ideals. How did that play out for you? You're referring to an incident actually before I applied to medical school. Mm -hmm. It was when I was sort of in the middle of dealing with my friend's illness and was consulting family and friends about what I should do. And my brother took me to the intensive care unit at his hospital in San Diego, and we were walking through the unit we saw a patient, a young man, and uh, there was an elderly couple sitting by his bed, and they were obviously distraught. And we walked by, and my brother said, oh, he'll be gone this afternoon. And we kept walking, and a few paces later, I said, wait, what what did you mean back there? He said, what are you talking about? I said, you said he was going to be gone. Where is he going? And my brother said, he's going to the morgue. He has AIDS. He's about to die. And I just looked at him, and I just couldn't believe what he was saying in such a straightforward, matter-of-fact way. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember telling him, you know, you really changed. You know, my brother was always very emotional when we were growing up. You know, he cried when I went off to college. We were always very close. And I said, you've changed. And he said, okay, fine. You'll be a different kind of doctor once you get out of your ivory tower. Mm. And 
I would hope that, and I do think that I have retained some of my idealism before going into medicine, but, you know, the fact is that it's very difficult to retain all your ideals and still function in our profession. You can't take things as seriously or emotionally as you imagine one should take what doctors see day to day. It's not possible. You talk a lot about the concept of being tired, fatigue, and stuff suffused the book. Do you think things have changed or that they should change in terms of how interns and residents are scheduled in this whole issue of continuity of care? You're, you're now a practicing cardiologist. Do you look at it the same way? Do you have any thoughts about that? Would you change things if you could? Well, I think that the profession has made strides. The fact is that no one can work on little or no sleep. I mean, it's very difficult. And there are some sort of straightforward tasks that can be performed on little sleep, but there aren't many in the hospital. So I think that the profession has done right by interns in terms of limiting their work hours. You know, The issue really is that we know that no doctor can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So the whole paradigm that probably was not an operation in the past, but we think was an operation. The, the one patient, one doctor paradigm is mm-hmm. no longer in effect. You know, you have to have time off. There are going to be patient handoffs. So I think the key is to minimize the risk in those handoffs. You know, just like you know, most mistakes by pilots occur you know, at takeoff and landing, and I think most mistakes by doctors tend to occur at the patient handoffs, and it's because of incomplete information that's communicated. So I think we need to really work on minimizing the risk of those handoffs, but there's no way you can get rid of the sign-out system because as professionals, we do need time off. We have to have it. The other issue that people bring up is the one of the sort of unintended consequences of night floats and so on, you know, the system that does allow interns to, you know, only work 80 hours a week Mm -hmm. and no more than 24 hours a day. In my hospital, we mandate the interns leave by, you know, 9 a.m. after a call night. But very often I'll hear interns say, you know, I'd like to stay. I don't want to be forced out of the hospital. In some cases, there are teaching conferences that they want to attend. In other cases, they want to just observe the arc of their patient's illness. You know, they have a crashing patient. They don't want to leave them. They view it as sort of abandoning their patient in some cases. So there is this fear that interns will sort of adopt this mentality of moderation that we in the profession feel is incompatible with the highest ideals of doctoring. My thanks to Dr. Sandeep Chohar for being our guest. We've been discussing his new book, Intern, A Doctor's Initiation. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks for listening. We thank you for listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals.